The first place Titans lose to the worst team in the AFC again. This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Tuesday, November the 23rd. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Hope you all had a good weekend. Welcome to Thanksgiving week. Big, exciting time. The holiday season is upon us. Before we get into the episode, I have to remind you that if you're not subscribed to the Titans 10 already, I don't know what you're doing. We are officially done being on the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed. Big thanks to those guys for uh, letting the show kind of get a launch there. Um, I'm sure many of you found this show through the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed. Love those guys over there. Uh, Yeah, so big thanks to them for allowing uh, the show to debut over there. Hopefully you're now subscribed to the Titans 10 because it's not going to be over there anymore. It's just here. So you're going to be getting the four days a week worth of content from me and the show here and here alone from here on out. All right. For today, our usual slate of Tuesday topics. We've got our weekly recap from week 11, some postgame pressers, and then some quick hits to round out the day. So let's jump right into the weekly recap for week 11. Well, the Titans lost in embarrassing fashion on Sunday, falling to the worst team in the AFC, the last place Houston Texans, 22-13. to It was a disaster of a day, a nightmare showing for the Titans, reminiscent of their loss to the Jets earlier in the season. Apparently, this Titans team can only beat good teams and refuses to lose to anybody who's not a bad team, which, I don't know, maybe that's the strategy in that case. They're going to be set up pretty well for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't you don't play any bad teams there. Uh, but but all kidding aside, the Titans offense was the problem in this game. Their offensive drive chart was as follows. Punt, interception, downs, half. Touchdown, downs, interception, touchdown, interception, interception, end of game. And the average Texans drive started at their own 41 yard line. So there was a lot of turning over of the ball. We'll get to that a bit more here in a minute. Let's talk about the offensive line for a moment. Overall, not a horrible day for the offensive line. Roger Saffold had his worst day maybe as a Titan ever, certainly of the season. Here's how the numbers came out for them. Roger Saffold, seven total QB pressures, five hurries and two hits. Uh, David Questenberry, four total pressures, two hurries, one hit and a sack allowed. Ben Jones, two total uh, pressures allowed, a hurry and a hit. Taylor Lewan, two hurries allowed. And Aaron Brewer, zero pressures allowed, filling in for a concussed Nate Davis there at the right guard position. So Aaron Brewer had the best day out of the bunch. But despite the decent line play, it wasn't great, but it, but it wasn't you know impossible to work with for Ryan Tannehill. But he still had his worst day all season, perhaps his worst day as a Titan ever. Just one of those days for him. He had seven turnover-worthy plays. He ended up with four interceptions on the day. That's the most interceptions in any one game for Ryan Tannehill in his career. A turnover-worthy play, by the way, is a stat. It's basically any pass that has a high percentage chance of being intercepted or or, um, perhaps a fumble that was recovered by the offense but could have been turned over. He had seven such plays, uh, his most by far this season in a single game. 
it was it was a disaster for him. Like I've said, he's never had any more uh, than that, at least as a Titan. I'm not sure if that's the case as a Dolphin, but certainly as a Titan, he's never had a day that bad in terms of uh, the number of plays that went awry for him. But to be fair to him, and I was doing a lot of defending of Ryan Tannehill on the Internet this past weekend, he had a horrible game, but I think people are ignoring a big reason why he had a horrible game was just how laughably beat up this Titans team is. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point of of pure ridiculousness how depleted this roster is. At one point in that game, Ryan Tannehill was was in the shotgun with with uh, with trips right, I believe, Dontrell Hilliard, Anthony Ferkser, Des Fitzpatrick, and then Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook Akine lined up on the outside on the left. So Hilliard, Fix, Ferkser, Fitzpatrick, Rogers, and Westbrook, not exactly the, uh, the stable of weapons that you need to succeed. I, I don't think that that's exactly a winning formula for any quarterback in the league, particularly, you know, in this case, Ryan Tannehill. So he was dealing with significantly depleted uh, uh, weapons, his available players to get the ball to. Who who exactly is he supposed to get the ball to? Missing wide receiver one, two, and three, tight end one, running back one and two. It was it was just a in the pouring rain, in the driving rain, right? The weather was awful. His weapons were awful. It was just not the Titans' day. He has to be better. Absolutely, he has to be better for this team down the stretch, in particular because of their roster situation. But this team has to get healthy, or else they're they're in a really tough spot. They have a really important game coming up this week against New England that we'll talk about more later in the week, but they cannot get to that week 13 bye fast enough. Now, moving to the other side of the ball quickly, the defense did its job for the most part. Now, in the first half of the game, they did allow a bad Texans offense and offensive line to move the ball more than they should have. Now, the Titans did in the box score, outside of points and turnovers, which obviously are the two most important statistics in a box score, outside of that, they crushed the Texans. Uh, the Titans' offense more than doubled the Texans' offensive production. The Titans' offense had over 400 yards of offense, which was something that we were looking for them to do in this game, and they did. But doesn't matter. If you turn the ball over five times, you can put up 700 yards of offense. You're still going to lose a football game. Uh, Coach... Coach Vrabel gets to that a bit later in a, in a press conference clip that I'll show you. But anyways, that's a tangent. Back to the defense. They did their job for the most part. In the second half in particular, they did really, really well. I believe it was six straight drives that the Texans went three and out and had something like 20 total yards gained. So they ended the game very strongly. They left a little bit to be desired in the first half. The stats came out. Uh, to in coverage, that is. Elijah Molden allowed three for five for 24 yards, a PBU and a pressure, so he had a, a decent day. Chris Jackson, who is now injured, we'll talk about that more in a bit. It appears he's been playing on one foot, according to Mike Vrabel, so you know who knows how available he'll be in the future. But he allowed three for three for 27 yards, not his best day, but again, dealing with an injury. Chris, uh, Chris Jones, zero for two for zero yards, Christian Fulton, 0 for 1 for 0 yards, and Kevin Byard, 1 for 1 for 7 yards. Now, an interesting note here that I believe uh, I believe Zach Lyons of Football and Other F-Words pointed out on Twitter, this is the second week in a row that Amani Hooker has had no targets uh, aimed at him from opposing quarterbacks. That's an interesting t- statistic for a guy who 
you know, it's it's been it's been the Kevin Byard love fest for the safeties this year for the Titans, and rightfully so, he's been playing really incredible. But Amani Hooker has been playing really really good ball, and opposing quarterbacks haven't been targeting him. It's been kind of sneaky great how well he's done this year. All right, moving into our post-game pressers segment, I've got three clips that I want to share with you today from the post-game press conferences, two from head coach Mike Vrabel and then something from Kevin Byard. First, here is a clip from Mike Vrabel's post-game press conference in which he talks about Ryan Tannehill's horrible day and the offense being their own worst enemy in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've seen Ryan um, perform at a high level Offensive football at any level is, is takes 11 guys, you know, and so there was a lot of good football out there. Unfortunately, we we turned the football over um, too many times, way too many times. And I felt like our defense battled, uh, and our offense certainly was you know, its own worst enemy. And in a similar vein, here he is later in that press conference talking about how this team, or any team for that matter, is pretty much incapable of winning any game in which they lose the turnover battle 5 to nothing. We got beat today, turned the ball over five times. You know what I mean? It's like, you guys don't, you know, you guys all cover this league. You, know, you do. If you don't play well in this league, I don't care who it is. You turn the ball over in this league, you're going to lose. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody believes that. But when you, when you do that, doesn't matter what the record is. Uh, we had five turnovers. They had zero. You're going to lose the game 99% of the time. Now, in terms of analysis, I don't have a ton to add to those two remarks. They're pretty self-explanatory, not a lot to break down. I will say this. In terms of, you know, you guys as Titans fans looking at this team, thinking about this game in the context of the rest of the season, I will say that when you see a game like this from a team in which they dramatically outperform their opponent in the box score in terms of production, but they are unable to win the turnover battle by a large margin, and they lose the game usually to an inferior opponent, that can be cause for concern and a lot of panic, especially when it's against the Houston Texans, right? But offensive production is a far less regressive statistic than turnovers. The Titans can be horrible the rest of the season, and I can almost guarantee they won't have another five, negative five turnover differential game, right? And so in this game, if they had just turned the ball over one or two times less than they did, odds are they win that football game. I think it's much more positive to see after two weeks without Derrick Henry against the Saints and the Rams, the Titans were unable to come up with much more than 200 yards of offense in those games. They now put up a 400-yard offensive production day against the Texans, a dramatically worse defense, but there's some improvement there, right? So going forward, I would expect to see the Titans have a little bit more of that improved offensive production and a little bit less of that negative turnover differential because of the way that those stats tend to regress. So that, I guess, is one sort of positive that you can take from this game. Okay, now moving on to Kevin Byard. This is an interesting clip from him talking about how this, in a similar way to coming off of that Jets loss, is going to be kind of a measuring stick for the Titans to see what kind of team they are coming off of a really bad loss like this. 
No, nah, honestly, uh, like you said, we had a lot of great wins. We had some bad losses. Um, that's the way it goes in this league. When you don't go out there and play well, you're underestimated team. Uh, you get your behinds whooped. So um, I talked about it when we lost against the Jets. We'll find out what type of team we are when adversity hits. So we'll find out what kind of team we are next week. Now, after that Jets loss in week four this season, the Titans came out and went on a six-game win streak and became the hottest team in the league. So they're going to be looking to do something similar in this game. I would say it's a much more difficult spot given their opponent isn't the Jaguars this time, but rather the hottest team in the league now, the New England Patriots in Foxborough. The Patriots have been playing really well. We'll dive into that a lot more later this week in the Week 12 uh, preview episode on Friday. But... For now, the Titans are looking ahead with an incredibly depleted roster. They're going to have a really tough time in Foxborough to put put together a group of guys that can compete against a really good team in particular, a really good defense, and they're going to be hobbling into the bye that they desperately need because of how beat up this Titans roster is. All right, and finally, our quick hits segment. I'm actually recording this a bit later in the day than I recorded the first two segments of this show because the Titans, around 3 or 4 this afternoon, I believe, had a pretty big news dump. Uh, A lot to cover. I'm sure we'll cover it a bit more later on in this week's shows, but I wanted to just cover them because they did happen today. First, Adrian Peterson has been cut from the active roster. Not all that surprising, although obviously blockbuster news for the Titans. It was a massive acquisition at the time, bringing him on a future Hall of Fame running back, a guy that, frankly, in his two games with the Titans, was a 36-year-old that ran like a 36-year-old, and he couldn't get much more than was blocked for him by the offensive line. The Titans now have Deontay Foreman, and Jeremy McNichols will be back from his concussion soon, you'd assume. And then Dontrell Hilliard uh, from the practice squad really emerged this past weekend, and so clearly they think they have some better options than him. Uh, So, listen, Adrian Peterson, unfortunately, has now joined the list of Titans greats that previously included, uh, let's see, uh, Randy Moss, Titans great Randy Moss, and Titans great Andre Johnson. You can add Adrian Peterson to that list now. More news for the Titans, negative news. Wide receiver Marcus Johnson and cornerback cornerback Chris Jackson both moved to the IR. Chris Jackson, I believe earlier in this show, I talked about how he'd been playing on an injury and his availability was questionable. Well, now he'll be out for at least three weeks. Marcus Johnson, who had kind of emerged as the Titans wide receiver three, is back on the IR now for the second time this season. He missed the first four games of the year on IR, and so now his second trip means that he is out for the season by league rules. That's a big hit to an already annihilated Titans wide receiver room. They'll be without him for the rest of the year. Their injury reserve list now is is massive, and it includes the likes of Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, Marcus Johnson, and Chris Jackson. Now, luckily, three of those guys, actually four of those guys, if you include Derrick Henry, are expected to make a return this season, but for the meantime, the Titans are going to have to find ways to win without them. All right, more news from this afternoon. Golden Tate, former wide receiver with the Seahawks, the Giants, and the Lions, and a, I believe a Hillsboro native? I could be wrong about that. I know he's a Titans, or a Tennessee, excuse me, he's a Tennessee native, 
and uh, Titans fans have been clamoring for him to join the team for a long time this year as the wide receiver room has become more and more depleted. Well, he's now on the practice squad, so we'll see. Well, I'll get more into that on Friday, I'm sure, because that'll become a hot topic. But uh, my initial analysis is I would not hold your breath on Golden Tate being a contributing factor to this team in, in any substantial way. Um, we'll we'll talk more about that later this week. Also added to the 53-man roster, defensive back Buster Scrine, linebacker John Simon, and running back Dontrell Hilliard, who we talked about earlier in the show, I believe. He had a career day, really big day, uh, potentially the best offensive day from any Titans offensive skill player on Sunday against the Texans. I believe, I'm not looking at it right now, but I believe he had about 50-ish yards running and 50-ish yards receiving. So he had a big day. The Titans rewarded him with a roster spot. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. Before you go, please rate and review the show. And if you leave a review, I think think I'm going to shout out a couple of people who leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, if you leave a podcast, I'll shout you out on the show. Or if you leave a podcast, if you leave a review on this podcast, I might shout you out on the show. So please leave reviews, rate the show. It helps us out a ton. Uh, as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, Home Run Throwback with Jimmy Morris. He and I have been doing Home Run Throwback again on Monday mornings is when it comes out. We sit down on Sunday evening every week and talk about our initial reaction to all of the news of the Sunday. Obviously, we talk primarily Titans and our reaction, our instant analysis of everything that went on in their game on Sunday. So check those episodes out on Monday mornings. That's Home Run Throwback. You can get those wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just search it up, Home Run Throwback. And then make sure to come back tomorrow afternoon for the next episode of the Titans 10, Titans Talk Week 12, our second interview with a Titans broadcaster or or reporter. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. I've got a great guest for this week. You, I'm sure you know him well. He covers the Titans locally, is a really great broadcaster and writer for a big company. I think you're going to want to listen to it, so don't miss that interview. And then we're not sure exactly about Thursday show, uh, the Behind Enemy Lines show. We may or may not do it depending on the holiday. So I'll keep you up to date on that on the show's Twitter account. Our Friday show will for sure be coming out our regular time on Friday, the week 12 preview episode. So you'll be able to check that out then. All right. That's all for today. Until tomorrow, have a great day and I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10, and I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please, send them this show. And don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives, because of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. 
Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at broadwaysportsmedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. Thank you.